Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Mm, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown. I'm back with the boys talking about last night's controversial defeat against Man City. Another controversial defeat, another decision that's gone against us. Uh, we're going to talk about the match, talk about all the various action points, talk about the the controversy as well um, and look forward to the Newcastle game as well. And then Juggers is going to give his lowdown on Morgan Sanson who... Seems to be edging closer to a move to Villa. Uh, Juggs is shaking his head. Um, I don't know if that means he doesn't know anything about him or he doesn't rate him, but we'll see. Um, but I suppose before we go into the game, let's talk about the controversy first. Let's get it out of the way. I'm sitting here frustrated about about last night as are all Villa fans. Chadzi, you've had a you've had the night to stew over it. Let me know what's your thoughts on it now. Looking back on it on, on that controversy. Uh, I'm torn, mate. I mean, it is ridiculous that he can be in that position, come back, tackle Tyrone Mings, and a goal can lead to it. But, you know, by the sounds of it, by the letter of the law, I mean, it's not clear, is it? There's a lot of people that are saying that he's onside because by the letter of the law, as soon as Mings plays the ball, he's in play. He hasn't gained an advantage. But I think there's some sort of bylaw within that within that law that says he is he's gaining an advantage um so you know if peter walton bt sports resident expert referee doesn't know the law it's a bit of a bit of a shambles that he can he can then say that players managers need to find out what's going on before they take the pitch and then we've seen the example on the same night in in the juventus game was it where i think it was ronaldo came from the offside position, tackled the play and the flag went straight up. So it's fr- it's so frustrating to to lose the game in that manner. Um, but I'm not one of these people that thinks we've been robbed. You know, it was a very valiant defensive performance. And after two weeks off uh, of no training, players coming back from having had COVID, um, I was not expecting that performance from us last night. It was superb from, again, from 1 to 11. And the effort they put in, given all the circumstances, it was a, another real um, performance to be proud of. But yeah, let's have it right. City had 70% of the ball. They had 30-odd shots. God knows how many, 16 corners. And, you know, we rode our luck a lot. So the goal was coming. You know, if we'd have got away with a nil-nil, absolutely brilliant. We would have deserved it just through sheer tenacity. Um, and it is frustrating that it's another decision and... Um, controversial way to lose our game uh, lose a game but you know we weren't robbed we weren't robbed City would have felt robbed if we they had had anything other than three points out of that game yeah um, I think it's a fair assessment I do think City you know they had lots of chances and lots of opportunities but at the same time you know defending is part of the game isn't it um, you yeah know, you still got to be good at defending and that's what we did yesterday we defended well um, and, and something we haven't really had to do this season uh, is is that last minute last ditch defending um you know we've had we've, we've we've been fairly comfortable in most games in terms of defensively and and uh, this was the first test really where we're getting pummeled really and and stood up to the test but we still had um, opportunities on the break 
um, first half and second half. Um, Jugsy, what were your thoughts on the on the first half performance? Firstly, and and do you think? I mean, Steve Smith mentioned in his uh, in his post match interview. Apart from the controversy, he was talking about us in possession, and he he said that we he felt we were quite sloppy and we could have done better on the, on the counter. What, what, what were your thoughts on on the first half, especially? Yeah, I think having not played for 20 days and with the interruption of COVID, um, we did start off quite sloppy on the ball and it took us a while to get into the game. I thought I thought City had a good spell of possession in the first five minutes. We can really get the ball off them. And yeah, I think the the fitness levels was was a concern straight away. You could tell we just weren't fully fit in terms of our pressing as a team. Uh, normally, we lead from the front in terms of Watkins, Barkley, they'll, they'll press as a 4-4-2. And I thought Watkins was doing his job, uh, but Barkley, Barkley was probably a bit slow, having not played for a while. And I thought um, as a team, really, we just went sharp. I think Dougie and McGinn did a good job in the middle, but the the rest of the team sort of um, were maybe a, a bit sort of lapsed in, in doing the sort of pressing that we, we were renowned for this season as a team. And yeah, I mean... It was, it was a game we always knew it was going to be pretty tough with Man City being such a quality side and they're in form. Um, there's no doubt about that. They're coming on, on the back of winning five games in a row and we had we had a clear, clear game plan was trying to contain them, being compact as a defensive unit and basically being being able to dominate our own box um, and hoping to obviously counter-attack City. But again, I thought we just looked leggy as a team. I think we were probably playing at probably like something like 75% fitness, something like that maybe. And um, yeah, I think City got a lot of joy on that left-hand side, especially I think Troy was was yeah maybe slow in tracking his runner and Cash was not committing to to tackle Foden or, or sort of um, go out there too wide uh, away from his centre-backs. I think that was part of our game plan. And Smith, I think, at half time, switched it slightly. We did become more defensive, and that's not the Villa way this season. So, just showed that we had to adapt again, and it worked. I mean, obviously, we, we rolled our luck, but Mings and Concer were just immense. Matty Target, I mean, he's winning every single one on one duel at the minute. It's just he's just performing out of his skin. So, the, the defenders deserve a lot of credit. Again, Martinez was safe and assured behind them. And yeah, it's, it's one of those games where I think Smith looked at it at halftime, thought, look, we're leggy here. We're not at our full fitness. Uh, we're probably making the wrong decisions when we are counter-attacking just because we haven't played for a while. We just need to stay in the game. So let's be a bit more defensive. Let's bring Jack back in um, to help the, 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 the right-hand side. Let's bring Troy back in to help the right-hand side and see if Watkins can sort of occupy the defenders. And it was working, to be honest, up until that that controversial point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think um, the the game plan was obvious to see, and defensively, obviously, they they didn't play with a striker, recognised striker anyway. Um, so, you know, they were getting good positions, Foden especially on the on the left hand side against Matty Cash uh, with the left one on one most of the time. And I don't know if that was a ploy to leave Troy high up the pitch or not. I'm not really sure, but uh, it seemed that way anyway. But you know, all their cutbacks, all their balls back into the box, we defended it fairly well. Um, and and on that, and let's talk about the defenders. Uh, for a second, obviously they were probably the stars of the show and, until the 80th minute or so. Chadzi, what, what did you make of the, the back four's performance and Martinez's performance? Yeah, it was outstanding, mate, wasn't it? Um, really, really good, really solid. And like you said, it was the first time really that we've had to be really backs to the wall, where we've had to absorb pressure, where we've had to really get out and block shots, where we've had to get our body in the way, where we've 
you know, what I enjoyed most about the defensive performance was when those balls were dropping in the box and shots were being saved and they were being parried and, and second balls were dropping from corners and things like that. We were first to those second balls, which is credit to them after such a long period without playing. Juggs has mentioned Matty Target, but, you know, I thought he was our best player last night by a mile. Consul was, was superb. Mings, he's been questioned for the goal, but, you know, without him, it could have been three or four by that point. He was absolutely um, titanic, really. And then Matty Cash, again, he's, he's all action, all energy, and he's, he's having to do more work than most with um, limited support from Traore. So, absolutely huge credit to them for the performance last night. Like I said at the start, it's, it's another performance to be really proud of. And it is a shame that, like you say, defending is part of the game, so I do I do definitely get that. And there's an argument to say that what the effort we put in and how we defended did deserve a point last night. Um, and um, it, it's it's so it's such a good grounding to and springboard now to go into what is going to be a really busy period for us. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I, I get I get it. You know, Man City did deserve to win. Let's be honest, they were. Or especially the second half. The first half, I thought, you know, we did a good job and, and there was not much, there wasn't too much in there. We could have done better on the break. But second half, especially, I thought they were, you know, Man City were really good. And let's be honest, they're the best team in the league at the moment. They're an absolute fire. And when they're, you know, they're the, they're the best 11 out pretty much against us. And, and you know, they knew they were going to be in for a top, top, tough game. And Guardiola said, you know, we've just beaten a really top side here. Uh, and you know he, he he knew how important that win was. It was similar, it. wasn't it, to the United game in that City yeah. City's celebrations at full time were were a massive compliment to us. You know that's a big result for United beating us, and that's a big result for City beating us. The way they celebrated last night, not quite as over the top and embarrassing as Baye and the United players, but you know they were they were buzzing last night that they'd come through that game of three points, and that is that's a massive nod to how far we've come. Jigsy, I mean, do you think, um, looking at us, we've talked about defence and how well they've played and, and, and credit to all the guys there, especially Matty Target. We've talked about how much he's improved and again, probably been one of our most consistent performers. Looking for, for further up the pitch then, um, we had numerous opportunities on the break um, and with a with better passing, better decision-making, you know, we could have had a, a couple of really good opportunities. I'm, I'm thinking about Barkley early on in the first half and in the second half as well. Um, what did you make of, the, the the decision to put Barkley in the team, bring him straight back in, bench El Ghazi. Do you understand it? Um, and, and what did you make of the performance of the of, of the forward players like Grealish, Barkley, Truore, and, and Watkins? Yeah, I think the decision obviously Smith made, but we probably don't know what level of fitness El Ghazi had, whether he's had COVID or it affected him a bit more than the other players. So I think that's something that's probably an unknown. Um, so when I saw Barkley on the on the team sheet, I was pleased because I, I like. Grealish on the left and I thought against the better teams you probably want Grealish up the pitch because he's got that bit of quality um, so I thought maybe it was the right decision but yeah Barkley wasn't great to be honest he was trying too many sort of flicks and tricks and it, they weren't really coming off and yeah I mean he, he worked hard and um, I think at one stage we had like a, a couple of times we had like a three on two or a three on three and he slowed the, the ball down or made the wrong pass and in Grealish and then positions just shows that how much qualities he's got because he always makes the right decision or always draws the defender out, creating space for the players. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, Barkley didn't have the best of nights, but it was always difficult with not having much of the ball. But, yeah, I'm glad he got some minutes under his belt because he's going to be a key player for us going forward. 
And yeah, I think as a team, Watkins was again excellent, occupied the Man City centre backs, and it was difficult for us to get the pitch. I thought, I thought that was a difficult outball because City just seemed like they outnumbered us because we were defending so deep. When the ball did get cleared, it always fell to a City player, and um, I think the lack of height as well um, in our side was telling because everything in the middle, Rodri won, and so we were sort of feeding off scraps a lot in the in the middle of the park and. Yeah, I think Grealish was, again, quality. I think he still created three or four chances having not really been fully fit and not really had much of the ball. He still created three or four chances. And I think the decision-making as a team in that final third wasn't great. I mean, Traore had a shot when he should have maybe tried to square it. I think um, Watkins, um, again, um, did well on the left-hand channel, um, pulling a couple of crosses across across the city box. I mean, Ramsey was unlucky when he came on because he had he had a tap in. And um uh, I think Diaz, the defender, cleared it. It was a world-class tackle. So again, I think it was a tough game. Man City, a quality outfit, and their their back four is the best in the league, I think, in terms of conceding goals. So it was always going to be tough. Um but yeah, I think there's still positives. We still still created a few chances and um, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to the, to the coming games. Obviously, we've got a busy period, but I just feel like this 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 break has maybe hindered us slightly because we were flying before then with our fitness and how we were playing. We were going to get Barkley back as well. So I feel like we've just taken maybe a step back and it's going to take us a game or two to get back to the levels we were at. So we just need to be patient patient with, with, with the team, really. Uh, yeah, no, I agree, I agree with that. I think... Um... You know, it's, it's understandable, like you say, McGinn as well, especially was was off his game as well. And he's going to be missing the next game, looks like. Um, he's suspended. I didn't really see that yellow card. So I, think, I think most Villa fans were, were unaware that he was suspended and he got a yellow card. Apparently, he uh, stopped a quick free kick, um, which I didn't I didn't see. So, And Smith said it was a bit of a pathetic decision. So who knows? But he's going to be missing the, the next game. So again, we're going to have to change up our midfield. Uh, and, to, and talking of midfield... Um, Conor Harahan's obviously departed, gone on loan to Swansea. Uh, Ramsey came on, did a job, obviously, but at the same time, he's still a young lad and probably does need a loan out. So midfield's a, a pressing need and potentially we're going to be looking at Morgan Sanson as, as the player. Uh, apparently, we've, we're close to buying him. We're a part in the fees, but I think the player wants to join. So I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Jugsy, what's your, what's your thoughts as, a, as our resident expert on European football? I'm big in Europe here, so don't let me down. What's your thoughts on on Morgan Santon as potentially coming in and, and as a player uh, coming in? Do you think do you think it's a good decision? Good good pick there. Yeah, um, I've not seen too much of him to be honest, but I think it is going to be a good move. Um, he's been linked with the Premier League quite a f- over the last few years, to be honest. And yeah, I mean, he had quite a big sort of profile when he moved to Marseille for Montpellier. Um, he was sort of going to be a shoe in really for the French national team, but yeah, I mean. From from what I've seen in terms of highlights and, and seen him play and, and looked into, um, he's just an all round package really. So he's going to be um, very suited to our midfield because he's flexible. He can play as a six, can play as an eight, can play as a ten, and his all round game. He's quite a technical player, so he's good in terms of shooting outside the box, creating chances, technical in terms of taking the ball out and dribbling. Um, so all the elements that sort of McGinn Barkley bring to the team, he probably has. Um, defensively, he's quite sound as well. So he might probably isn't the natural sort of aggressive tackler in, the, in that middle area, but he's good at sort of interceptions and being sort of that footballing brain, really. Maybe someone like, I don't know, like a Martinio, but someone a bit more sort of mobile, I'd say, or, or Ward Prowse 
without this sort of technical set of piece ability. Um, so it was an interesting one. I, I, I wanted from a midfielder, I think, if we were to bring somebody in, um, someone of this sort of yeah, element in terms of bringing this technical quality and being mobile, I was hoping to get a set piece specialist. So Sanson does take set pieces, but he's probably not an out and out specialist. So I think that will definitely help as well. Um, he doesn't bring much height to the team. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", max. Um, so he, he, he'd be tall enough. So I was hoping that we just need a bit more height in the middle of the park to help us with, with set pieces. But maybe Smith's got an eye for the summer window of bringing uh, maybe a defensive mid- midfielder in, a natural defensive midfielder in. So, yeah, I think it's a very positive signing. I, think I, the I, trans- thought, I thought Morgan Sanson looked quite tall to me. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. He's listed as six foot on Wikipedia, but I don't think that's accurate at all. Having looked at the games he's played, and yeah, I, I don't think he's that tall. Um, yeah, but I think he'll complement the team very well. I mean, he's going to be versatile, uh, and he's going to be a perfect option for us, um, either alongside Louise McGinn uh, instead of Bob Barkley potentially. So again, brings flexibility, and he has that quality for the Premier League. I mean, yeah. He's a, he's a top-class player, so exactly what we need to drive forward. And he's 26 as well, so he's got plenty of years ahead of him um, to, 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 yeah, to, to, as, as a long-term investment, really. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, I mean, we'll see if that goes through. Obviously, still early days yet. We don't know. It seems like he's he's the one that we want. And, you know, it's just a matter of agreeing the fee, which I'm sure we will. We've apparently gone in with quite a low-ball offer and ABB said it was a pathetic offer. But uh, I think he's a man under pressure anyway, so he's probably just in a bad mood, I imagine. Chad, you're just looking at the the rest of the January transfer window before we finish off and talk about the Man City game. It was obvious to see yesterday uh, our bench looked pretty bare, um, and and in terms of options coming off the bench, I mean apart from midfield, which we're obviously looking at, were there any other areas that you'd be looking at? Are you concerned about our squad depth? I know we've talked about this before, and we've talked about Trez coming back in as well. I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried about a striker position, particularly. Is that something you're concerned about or, or are you pretty pretty confident with our squad? Um, it wasn't really, but with the fixture pile up now um, and obviously the lads recovering from from the, the COVID virus, I think there is there is danger that these next few weeks we, we could start to look, look really tired. And we've talked so much about everything we do on and off the ball um, starts with Watkins basically and the difference he's made and it's it's unfair and unrealistic to expect him to maintain the levels he's he's been putting in for us from an intensity perspective. Um, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, when he hasn't trained for two weeks and when um, um, he's potentially doing it on his own. So I think Keenan offers us an, another option and a different way to play. We're chasing a goal and we need to go a bit more direct. And I do like Keenan, but... If we could get somebody in that fills a similar role to to Watkins up front for, for good value, then we we should probably look at it. But I'm not desperate for it to be honest. I think we should wait till the summer, get the right deal, um, and I, I trust I trust Smith and Langer to do the right thing. Like it's a bit like the Sanson one. I think if something comes up that's uh, the right value, then why not look at it? But um, that that's my only worry really the the lethargy that might creep in over the next few weeks. Yeah, there's plenty of games coming up, um, and you're correct. Um, there, there is that slight worry, and yeah, you're right. I think if there's something comes up, we will look at it. Uh, we've got the money for it. Um, it's not like well, there's, there's not a, there's not the financial prowess behind us to, to do that. But the key is value, getting the right value. You can easily overpay in January, can't you? And we've seen it time and time again. 
Um, so, I mean, let's just talk about the rest of the match then before we'll just go in the comments as well. Uh, and there's been quite a few around there, obviously, given what happened last night, but we haven't talked about the, the second goal, um, as well, handball. Um, I mean, Chad, what are your thoughts on the handball? I mean, I, I understand why it was given to be honest, I, you know, it's sort of 50, 50, but then at the same time, you've seen plenty of, plenty of penalties like that, not given. Uh, for the same thing. So again, a bit of inconsistency, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it's the inconsistency that we're all frustrated with. But, you know, if that's at the other end, we're all absolutely fuming if it's not given. So, um, yeah, it's one of those that they haven't even gone and checked it. Obviously, Vibe had a look at it, but they haven't. it's not like they've gone and asked the referee to have a second look. They're pretty confident that's the right decision. So, like I say, if, it, if we get something similar and we get the right decision in the next few games, fine. But, that's just the one thing that seems to be not really adding up, isn't it? The fact that it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come on to that with some of the comments. Um, but before we go to the comments, Jugsy, what your what your final thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's one of those where we're talking again about a controversial decision and the players deserved more for their efforts. And it's been a theme of the season, really. We probably haven't got the points we've deserved um, for our performances this season. So it was one of those where you write off and go again, but how many more times can it happen to us? It's just frustrating uh, for the players. And it's, it's, I mean, sooner or later, they're going to get disheartened with it. But Dean, Dean, Dina will keep the boys motivated. Obviously, we've made massive strides in our progression this season and we've got to just keep going and see how high we can finish up that, up that table. And it's nice now as a Villa fan, because we've got two games a week to look forward to having had 20 days off. So yeah, I think it's just ex- exciting and, and, something to look forward to um, every few days to see Villa play. So got to take the positives, I think, in, in this time. Good. I like that. Yeah. And obviously because of that, you'll be, uh, the listeners will be happy to know that they'll be hearing more of Chadzi and Juggsy every few days. I'm talking about football. So I'm sure they're... Just to note, that. just to note as well, um, absolutely buzzing with Smith losing his head. Absolutely love to see it. You know, he's, he's a fan like us and he would have felt that we deserved something last night and he would have been really proud of the players and, there's the balance as a manager of setting the example and the amount of times he would have said to his players, keep calm under pressure, don't lose your composure, don't be hot-headed. hot-headed. And, but without doubt, the players will absolutely have loved that last night. You know, there's, a, there's that balance between knowing your manager's got your back, knowing your manager feels the same as you and, and seeing, seeing him as sort of one of the boys losing his head would have definitely done something for the dressing room. You know, it's not ideal not having him on the touchline on, on Saturday night, but... Is it, one, is it is it one game ban or is it a three match because it's a straight red? Well, I don't know because did he give him a second yellow or did he give him a straight red? I'm not I even sure. But I mean, it didn't. I mean, Smith explained what he said in. in um, he was actually what he said to the referee was around the referee comes over and says I'm interpreting the rules and he said well you should have been doing it earlier and then that's when he got his second yellow or straight red we don't know and he's saying you know plenty of managers get away away with much worse than that which is true. Um, but I, I liked his comment about juggling balls, basically calling them clowns. I think it, that's what he's referring to anyway, but yeah, yeah. that's great, man. That's the only good thing to come out of yesterday, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I think one thing we, and we've seen it with so many managers where we've heard the post-match interview, Villa managers over the years, and we've been saying, have you, have you watched, actually watched the same game? What are you on about? But every time Dean Smith speaks, he speaks with so much sense, clarity, uh, and just humbleness as well, you know. He, even ye- yesterday, he was talking about the controversy. Obviously, it was it was that was the hot topic. But even then, he was saying, "Look, you know, we, the effort, the commitment was amazing, but we can play better." I was disappointed with the way we played, and that that's what you want from a manager. You know, he wants he wants sets really high expectations from our team. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting now whether Villa and or any other clubs 
look at that decision last night and change how they play. Because I, I can't remember an example where somebody has come from such an offside position to tackle a player that's led to a goal. And it does feel like a bit of a milestone moment where there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a crack in the laws by the looks of it. And, yeah. you know, Will, Will Smith, just just for banter on, on Saturday, say to Watkins, just stand 20 yards offside for the first 20 minutes, first 10 Why minutes. Why wouldn't you? Why and wouldn't you? Let's see what happens because they're either going to drop deeper so it's going to change the way they play or they're going to be under pressure when they're mopping up our long balls. They're not going to have as much time on the ball and you just nip in and tackle them because... You know, why, why would you not exploit that law now? Because there's no way that anybody can give us offside if, if obviously we go in and influence a phase of play similar to that last night. And it does feel like they're going to have to do something on that law sooner rather than yeah. later because it could ruin the game, really, if you just have strikers standing offside. Yeah, it's a loophole, isn't it? And I, I said the same on Twitter. I said about Watkins just needs to stand offside the whole game. But then someone mentioned we're playing Newcastle and that would mean he'll be standing on his own goal line. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. sorry, on their goal line. So, uh there is that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's definitely a loophole, and they're gonna they're gonna change it, aren't they? And and the thing is, people saying, well, you've got opposition fans, and I'm not getting involved in it because it's just pointless because it's done now. But you see it on Twitter, they're saying, well, it was a second phase of play, and they don't even know what it is. They've never even heard of the rule before. No one's heard of this rule before. Let's be honest, the referees haven't even heard of it apart from the, you know, one referee for the first time ever. If that's offside, then there's been about three thousand offsides that haven't been that have been given wrongly over the over the years. You know, because this that happens every game, all the time. It just doesn't make sense. You can't think of another example where that's actually been given as play on. You can think of thousands of examples where it's been given offside, and there was one in the Juventus game. And yeah, the Premier League have stitched themselves up now because if that happens to another team now, everyone will be up in arms saying, "Why is that offside?" And yeah, it's they'll just cha- they'll, they'll change the rule, won't they? They'll change a massive the rule, headache for them. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll change. It. It's they'll, too late for Villa, though, isn't it? We, we've lost yeah. a couple of uh, a point potentially, but like, it yeah. is what it is. And then, yeah, the offside last season against Man City as well, when uh, Sterling was offside as well, that wasn't given. So it's annoying, but let's forget about it. Let's let's move on. Well, actually, before we move on, we've got to talk about the comments. So no, no let's not move on just yet um, because I think the comments are going to be focused on this as well. Uh, Joe AVFC said, I'm not allowed to talk about that, otherwise I'll be suspended. So I thought it was going to be a really controversial point, but then he DM'd me. <laughs> and actually, it was a really level-headed uh, uh, comment, I thought. He said, it, says, it seems like it's only us who get hit by these stupid decisions. I mean, sending Smith off or talking to the fourth official is farcical. Our season was nearly ended last season by VAR, and they're doing their best this season too. I've never fallen out of love with football as I've played and watched since as early as I can remember, but I'm bloody close to it now. It's come to a point where I can't even celebrate a goal now without worrying it'll be offside somewhere or something else will happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, isn't it? It's just, it is ruining the game. And I was a big advocate for VAR. I wanted it to come in, but it's completely ruined the game. Yes, we're sitting at home now, but I remember last season, the Burnley game was a big one for me where, you know, you're celebrating uh, Connor's goal and you, then you're thinking, why, why the hell has that been... You know, why has that been disallowed? And then every every goal after that, it was I just never ever celebrated it because I was always concerned there was a phase of play or yeah. there was something happened two minutes ago that I missed that means it's gonna be ruled out. It's just ruined it, hasn't it, Chads? It has, mate, and uh, you know, I'm massively against it. So the sooner it's in the bin the better. But if you were if you were a counterbalancing that argument, which somebody could do, you know, if VAR had interfered last night and given disallowed the goal after they'd allowed it on the pitch, we'd all be saying, well, can you imagine if they didn't disallow that without that? But yeah, chuck it in the bin. I've had enough of it. I'm sick of it. They've ruined football with it. And uh, they need to understand that football's for the fans and the fans don't want it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd rather have the mistakes now. I've, yeah. We've seen the other, we've seen the other side of it. We're still getting them. We're still getting mistakes. We're getting more but, but, mistakes, I think, because yeah. yeah, refs are interpreting the rules differently, so it's just a shambles. Yeah, I, I think it's combined with the. Not only have we seen VAR come in and the issues around that, but also I think there's been quite a few rule changes as well that have just completely muddled up the game as well. It's just it's just ruined it. Uh, Zeppo says, "Is there an agenda?" Well. I don't know, not, not for me to say, but there does seem to be a bias towards the, the bigger clubs. I, I think that's obvious to see. Jess says, I'm continuously amazed that nothing has been done about the use of VAR in England. If you watch football in Germany or Italy, they are able to use VAR with little impact on games. Certainly without the controversy we have here, VAR is here to stay, but the issues need addressing. I mean, someone else mentioned this point later on, but the, the standard of refereeing here compared to abroad, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? It's just it's staggering how... VAR is so controversial here, but if you go abroad, you know, we, we all watch games abroad, probably not as much as we do the Premier League, but we still watch Spanish games, Italian games, German games, you know, and this doesn't seem to be the same level of controversy, does they, jokes? No, it doesn't. I think here, the referees have built a reputation for the mistakes they've made. Like, you get a referee like, oh, he's made this mistake, or he's that one that had that this howler against us, and that's for every single club. I mean, obviously, referees are never going to be much liked by the fans, but... There's no sort of respect you've got for, for referees. Like even Howard Webb, for example, I think he was the last referee where he had quite a high status and a high profile. And I think fans and players respected him because he was pretty good at his job. But I think the current bunch are... Obviously, VAR has an impact and they're hesitant on certain things. But yeah, it's just the inconsistencies and their attitude as well, like sending Dino off. Like, yeah, I mean it wasn't the end of the world. He could have just given the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes I think they need to use their common sense. If there's something's not clear cut enough, then don't give it. Because if it is then a clear and obvious error, it will be given by VAR. I think they're just too too eager to make a decision there and then on things. And like the handball with Cash, like let that go because he's literally like half a yard and he smashed it at him. Like we've had handballs like that not given all season. Like Wolves, for example, that was even more of a blatant one than one yesterday. So I think just referees just need to use their bit, bit of common sense. If it's a clear and obvious decision and they can be 100% confident behind that decision, then yeah, give it. If there's any doubt, then I think that's what VAR should be there for, the clear and obvious ones. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm sick of is just the, the lack of accountability. You know, no referee, the referee, you cannot say a word to the referee. You cannot say a word. You can't criticise the referee. You can't criticise the refereeing standards or anything like that because they're on a law unto their own. You know, they're, the PGMOL, headed by Mike Riley, who, by the way, is one of, was one of the worst referees in the Premier League when he was there anyway, is now in charge of it all. They, they're just like a, like a mafia. You know, you can't say anything to them without being criticised or getting fined or suspended. This is ridiculous. They, they, they should be, they are there for the fans, not there, you know, they're not running football, which they seem to be at the moment. Yeah, you can see how quickly Peter Walton changed his mind after the advert break last night. He'd obviously had a, he'd obviously had a text or a court, hadn't he, by one of his chums saying, listen, mate, you need to back us here. Quickly quote this bylaw, fucking 16.1.3.1.2, that says if you're actually offside, you're not gaining an advantage, which is absolute fucking bollocks. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, you can tell how angry we are. We don't tend to swear on the lockdown, lowdown, but it, it it fucking deserves it to be honest, because it's just ludicrous. And and I think every team, most well, most teams apart from the Man United probably feel the same way because it's just a joke. Like you, you cannot. They, they're still these people are still going to be in charge next year. They're still going to be running running the show, and it's just if anywhere else in the world, you know, if they were being reviewed, their performances were being reviewed, they'd be sacked. Um, and and it's, honest, the it's, it's, it's worse for like, obviously it's difficult for fans but as players as well all the effort they put in 
and their performance is not determining results at the minute. There's so many factors out of their control. It's not just about how well they play or what they're doing. It's about a decision or about a, a centimetre offside or here and there, stuff out of their control. So it's, it's difficult and frustrating for them, I can imagine, even yeah. more than us. Um, Michael Rakavalis says, I hope we play Newcastle off the park. Still can't believe we didn't get a point out of last night's game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the hope, I'm hoping the team will be really motivated about Saturday now. I want to put it right. Uh, I'll be quite angry about it and use that anger and channel it into... Uh, a good performance on, on Saturday. And we'll obviously preview the game in a second. Um, Straggler says, if, if anyone's in doubt, is anyone, in, if sorry, is anyone in any doubt that if we had scored that goal against City, that VAR would have ruled it out? Man City are a brilliant team. They don't need a 12th man. We need an epic run of decisions in our favour for this to even out over the season. Yeah, I mean, I think all the controversy around um, the goal line technology last season has, has been more than evened out this season. Uh, well, ridiculously so. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's a good point around, you know, the, the, these, these decisions, if that was the other way around, it's, it's called, it's called offside. There's no doubt in my mind it's called offside. And that, that's the issue. That is the inconsistency we're talking about. Um, Matt Target, Elliot Holmes, Matt Target, absolutely superb on current form. He's one of the best left backs defensively in the PL turnaround from last season when we all accepted that, although good going forward, he was suspect defensively. I've been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, he's he's completely flipped, isn't he? He doesn't really get forward that much anymore um, because Jack stays up high up the pitch and links up well with Barkley and, and, and Watkins. So Target's allowed to defend and defensively he's been fantastic. Another outstanding performance. Chad, do you think he's uh, he's got a chance of making the England team? Um, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, last time you asked me that, that why not? But I think, you know, you've got someone like Luke Shaw who's doing it at the very top um, so consistently now as well. And he's he's not really getting a look in at the minute. I mean, Chilwell's not playing, not playing well. Um, so, you know, th- there's no reason why he shouldn't be targeting that. And you'd like to think if a manager's picking players on the form, that he will be in the mix. But... I'm not that arsed, mate. I'd rather he just concentrated on playing well for Villa, giving us 38 solid performances, helping us helping us um, achieve a, a very successful season and getting up in that top half of the league. So, yeah, there's a there's a there's a case for him without doubt, but I I don't think he will get get selected for England. Yeah, uh, Alex Warren says uh, to call this the best league in the world and have refs like this is an absolute joke. Notice how you never get any Premier League refs in the international tournaments. Cannot call this the best league in the world when the state of the officiating, with the state of the current officiating, horrendous. Yeah, well, we've talked about that enough. Agree. Andy Keane, how much has Matt Target mm-hmm. improved? Another shout out for him. Uh, Anthony Boucher and Sinfura in the PGMOL line is being swallowed with that question. Some quarter. if the law is clear and is offside, they will do anything to protect that fail. VA project, yeah, we're talking about the bylaw that by uh, that that Chazzy was talking about, uh, and also don't think the goal would have stood if this is a good point actually. I don't, also don't think the goal would have stood if VAR didn't exist. Without this, keeping the flag down nonsense, there wouldn't have been such model thinking. The flag would have gone straight up, and that's the end of it. And I, I kind of agree with that point. Uh, and that's I mean, that's all we got time for in terms of comments. There's, there's plenty more there, but um, let's let's forget about that game. Let's look forward to the Newcastle game. Uh, I started this podcast pretty downbeat, to be honest, as you probably sensed it in my voice, but. I think we've got a real opportunity now. Um, looking forward now with the Tottenham and Everton games postponed, we've got a good run of games potentially to get points and pick up points and move up the table again. Starting off with Newcastle on Saturday, a game you know you, we we have to win. Really, it's not a must win. Don't get me wrong, but we have to win it. Um, given who the, the sort of form Newcastle are in and and our ambitions, Joe, because you're looking forward to that game. McGinn obviously is suspended. Um, what what kind of changes would you look to make, and how how would you adapt the team? Uh, given given that suspension, 
Yeah, I think just with the run of games, I think we need to keep it fresh. And it's, I think it's just time to utilise our bench strength. So I think there's a lot of shouts for moving Grealish back in, into the middle and maybe getting Barkley and Grealish as two eights. Um, but I would per- personally um, give Nakamba or Ramsey a go. I think it's the, it's the type of game where you need to freshen up that, that midfield and give them a chance to start a game. And yeah, I might go with Ramsey. Just I think he's a young player. He's probably a like-for-like replacement with McGinn. And we, we want to see we want to see him um, against a side like Newcastle, where we'll have a bit more of the ball, a bit more of a chance to see what he can bring from an attacking perspective, and just give him a bit a bit of confidence. Really, I think Grealish on the left um, works works better for me, and he's he's our attacking threat. Um, and I think Grealish was only playing through the middle because we were missing Barkley. So if Barkley's in there and he's feeling fit, then yeah, just give him a run of games. And on the right, I think I'll go with Algarzi instead of Truro. I think Algarzi um, should hopefully be back up to speed and has been in form prior to, to obviously the, the break that we've had and maybe will offer more defensively with, with cash. So I think that's that's the change I will make personally. And I think, yeah, it's, it's one that I, I was thinking that it's, we're, we're going to be favourites for. But I think given our fitness levels and Newcastle being motivated, given their position, I think it's going to be tougher than, than we probably think. So we've got to be switched on. And in that final third, I think Dina will get into, into the into the lad saying that it wasn't good enough against Man City. We need to be better with our decision-making. And Oli's doing a lot of work up there and not getting much reward out of it. So, yeah, it's one of those where I think we'll, we'll turn it around and, and put on a, a good attacking show, hopefully. Chazzy, you agree with that? Um uh, to an extent, I mean, I don't, I don't really want us to rotate. Um, I want us to be full strength. You know, it's four games without a win now, if you include the FA Cup, which, okay, is a bit of a shambles. So let's say it's three games without a win. Tough games, are, don't get me wrong, Chelsea, United and City, two defeats on the bounce though. And I think this is this is a game that we just have to get back on track. Yeah, let's not worry about what's to come after this. Let's look at this as an isolated game, play our absolute balls out, full strength team and go and get three points. And after that, we can worry about the fixture congestion because you don't want to get on a bit of a run where you're three, four, five games without a win and you feel like you're playing well, but you're not getting results. And all of a sudden, there's a huge momentum swing. So, yeah, we're going to have to make a change or two with McGinn being suspended. And I agree, maybe bring Al Ghazi in um, and, and switch it up that way. Whether that means Al Ghazi plays with Traore and Jack comes in the middle, that's a nice option because I don't think we need to hold in players against Newcastle. They're going to offer very little threat. Um, but just in terms of mentality-wise, I don't think we should we should rotate and rest. I don't think it's the game for that. Yeah, I mean, I probably uh, yeah, I see both sides of the argument. I I I, I would personally play Louise and, and Barkley in the middle uh, and Grealish central, um, and I, I'd. Put Algarzi in the team. I think Algarzi is better from the left anyway. I don't think he's that effective on the right. And I thought Torreira actually, you know, defensively, yes, you know, we can talk about that. But again, not sure if that was a tactic or not. But I thought attacking wise, he was one of our brightest players yesterday. And that touch uh, where, you know, he, he took a pass to Bruyne and left him for dead was amazing, outstanding. And, and Torreira's got that in his, you know, he can be blow hot and cold. I think generally he makes, most of the time, makes the right decisions. And I think he's a is a kind of maverick play that you uh, need in the Premier League where he can do something out of nothing. So against Newcastle as well, um, you know, I'm not sure who they'll be playing a left-back, um, whether it'll be uh, Dermot it'll be or Matt, Matt Ritchie. Dermot or Ritchie. Matt Ritchie. Yeah. yeah, Ritchie or Dermot, yeah. So th- that's a weak area for them. So I- I'd be playing Troy, I think, um, and just going for it, really. And I-, I hope, I just hope, 
I don't I hope Bruce doesn't shit house a win, and that's my only worry. Um, he's got it in him, but we should be looking to absolutely pounce them. And that's what that's my hope is anyway. But uh, um, looking ahead of the game, then let's get your predictions, Jugsy. What, what do you think? Any 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 more thoughts before before you predict uh, the score uh, on the game, and and then your prediction as well, please, mate. I've just got my prediction to be honest. I'm, so I think I'm going for a two nil, two nil win, comfortable win, Chadzy. Three nil, Watkins brace. Oh yeah, it'd be nice to see Watkins score, isn't it? He's due a goal. Um, and and again, I think you know there'll be people criticising him that he hasn't had a chance to score or done much in terms of attacking sense. But you know, there's no there, he did add so much to our team, and and you know he set he nearly set up on a plate for Ramsey. You know. can't criticise him. There's no criticism to be no. to be placed at his door. I'm afraid if you're criticising no. him, you don't you don't know you what, you can't, you what can't you're seeing. I mean, Mings is getting a lot of stick as well, um, and and I'm a bit peeved off about that because. You know he does make he has made mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And we, us, us three, and, and Deckers as well on the on the group chat, have talked about Mings and sometimes his his casual nature and and how he could be better and he, how he's got all the attributes and and he does make mistakes. But at the same time, I think yesterday he was an absolute man mountain. And yeah. you know nine nine times out of ten, most defenders do what he did. Yeah, it's common sense because you you want to alleviate some pressure from your team, take the ball down. You know, otherwise we're just heading it back to them and they're going to get back on the attack. So he did the right thing. I think you do that knowing that the flag is going to go up or the attacker, that's the same phase of play. that The attacker can't make a tackle there. So it's one of those where he knew what he was doing, not if he was blindsided by it, but yeah, yeah you move on. Yeah, he's not th- he's not thinking about rule 16, subsection 16, 12 at that point in time, is he? Let's be honest. So, My only he's... my only criticism on that goal, actually, in hindsight, is we're all waiting for the flag. Everyone's waiting for a whistle and we're just watching Gundogan run towards our goal, get it onto his left foot and strike it. So uh, We should Bernardo have fouled Sil- him. Bernardo sorry, Silva. Silva, yeah, sorry. Yeah. We should have fouled him. Should yeah. have just chopped him, should have committed the foul, then worry about whether the flag's going to go off or not. Yeah, just yeah. just finish it. Stop the yeah. phase of play. There was still a lot to do after that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. right. I, I agree with that. Um, right, I think I'm going to go for a trademark Aston Villa three 0 win. Um, we've got to get back on winning ways now if we're going to progress and, and finish top half. So, yep, that's what I'm going for. But thanks again, boys. Thanks for your time. Uh, good to uh, good to uh, chew the fat on last night's game. Feel a bit better for it as well. Uh, we'll be back on probably Sunday, I think, uh, to review the the Newcastle game. Um, and back every few days after that. Um, plenty of games coming up. So, uh, yeah, keep listening. Thanks for listening again. Um, my usual spiel, if you're first time listening, then please just subscribe or follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on. We're on all the major ones. Um, if you're on Apple, leave a review and rating. Um, YouTube, uh, we're the Villa Talks podcast. Uh, we've got a couple of videos there. Obviously, the Dwight York one we've talked about every week, and I'll continue to talk about it every week, probably. Until we get um, a new guest. Until we get the next guest, which which is coming, which is coming. Um, but uh, yeah, apart from that, thanks for listening. Thanks to the boys again and uh, up the villa. Cheers, lads. Go again. Up the Richard O'Kelly. I love it. I love it.